So today, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be reading out of John chapter 5. But uh, while y'all are turning your page, let me give you a little background about this message itself. So this message has been written 90 million times uh, with different versions because I didn't think it was good enough, and that happened since Friday. So uh, we've switched it up a lot, and finally I think I have the perfect formula of exactly what it is. I've been studying, and I know as I was reading, I was like, there must be some type of symbolism or underlying meaning that I'm missing here, that I, that's there, and I'm just not getting it. So I was reading, and then finally... I think it was actually Saturday evening, this is after I had written it the 90 million times, and I finally got it, and I said, this is it. And I was like, okay, got it. Wrote it one more time just to make sure, and then I changed it yesterday. So, here's how it goes. All right, y'all got it. John chapter 5, verse 1. So after this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of sick, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for a moving of the water, because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Then the first one who got in the water after it was stirred up recovered from whatever ailment he had. One man was there who had been lying sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well, picked up his mat and started to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the, Jew, so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, This is the Sabbath. It's illegal for you to pick up your mat. He replied, the man who made me well told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who is the man who told you, pick up your mat and walk, they asked. But the man who was cured did not know who it was because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple complex and said to them, see, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So the title of today's message is called Pick It Up. They say it in there about 90 times. You know, I got a little good theme going with 90s. So it's called Pick It Up. And basically, I broke the symbolism down into three parts, okay? So the first part is we must accept it. So if we go back to verse 6 in that section, uh, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get healed? So we must first accept the gift. Whatever it is, if it's healing, salvation, a blessing, whatever we're receiving from Christ, we must first accept it. God's saying, here it is, and all we have to do is just say yes. If you look at the scripture, though, the man was hesitant. He tried to rationalize why he hasn't been healed yet. And this is seen in him how he's the scene how he's talking about how no one is there to take him to the pool and that whenever, even when he has someone there to take him, he just, he doesn't make it in time. Someone gets there first. And so he's just basically pandering to his situation. But the thing is, Jesus doesn't ask for our excuses. He asks us if we want it. He's not asking the man, why aren't you healed? He's asking him, do you want to be healed? Do you want this? Is this what you want? 
But if you read it, the man never says yes. He just keeps pandering to a situation of, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this reason. Whatever it is, he's just playing to the situation that he's in. And a lot of times we do that with ourselves. We can't be healed because of what we've done in the past. We've messed up too far. We're too far gone for God to save us. We don't, we're not worthy enough for salvation. We're, we're not good enough. We don't go to church enough. Whatever it is, we try to pander to our situation. God is saying, I'm right here. Just let me in. I have so many great things for you. All you have to do is say yes. And so we just need to learn that when Jesus places an opportunity in front of us, we just have to accept it. He's saying, do you want it? And all we have to say is yes. Please, Lord, yes. Please, I'll take it. Come on, bring it on down. Come on, give it to me. I know that's how I am. If there's a situation in front of me, I'm like, okay, yeah. Come on, Lord, I'll take any blessing you got. I need it. Give it to me. But a lot of times people don't. We don't say yes because we don't think we can be healed. We don't think we're good enough and our pride gets in the way. Whatever it is, and God's just saying, please say yes. We say, oh, it's because of our past. God doesn't care what you did. God doesn't care what you're going to do. God just cares about you. That's all it is, plain and simple. So our first one is accept it. Everybody say accept it. So our first point, and that was accept it. Number two, pick it up. So first he asked the man, do you want to get healed? And the man never accepted the healing. He never said yes, but Jesus still did it. So if you go to verse 8, Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. So that's where I pulled this from. So Jesus heals the man. He says, do you want to get healed? Do you want to get healed? And the man just says, well, this, 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 and this, 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 and this. And uh, finally, Jesus just goes, pick up your mat and walk. He didn't just say, all right, then you just be crippled and just walk away. He didn't do that. He healed the man. He didn't say, all right, you go live your life now. You're good. Just peace out, brother. That's not what he did. He said, he gave him another direction, which this is the one I struggle with the most, the pick it up. Because I couldn't figure out whether it was one of two things. Number one, obedience to Christ picking up your mat and walking because Jesus said we do. Or if it was this one, which is the one I went with, who's ever had like a surgery or like a, you break your arm, whatever it is, and you're just, your muscles are really weak in that part of your body? So I was talking to Kelsey Craig, she's back there uh, last weekend, and she said, yeah, I just have like no muscles in, I think it was my, in her calf. And so she said, knee, thigh, higher up there, your thigh. And so she said, I just have no muscles there. It's just like, it's all weak. And so imagine being like that for 38 years. A lot of your muscles must be that weak and just gone, basically. So whenever he tells the man to pick up his mat and walk, yes, it is an obedience factor, but think about it like this. He wasn't able to pick up his mat and walk before. It's the aspect of showing what God has done. God is a good God, and he will always place these blessings upon us. So the aspect is not obedience to Christ. What I'm talking about today is the aspect of we need to walk in the blessings that Christ is giving us. We need to show just how good our God is. See, by walking in it, 
walking, taking, picking up his mat and walking, we are walking in the blessing that Jesus gave him. He, is, he was healed. He is now showing how good God is that he was healed. You see, a lot of times we receive this blessing and we want to keep it to ourselves. We don't want to seem prideful. We don't want to seem like this, that, or the other. But if we're not using it to glorify the kingdom of God, what good is it? God's giving us all these things so that we're able to spread the word about Jesus. Now, I'm not saying go out there and be like, ha ha, God blessed me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying show that God is blessing you because you're a faithful servant. Because you're there, you're walking with him. You see, he went, the man went from not being able to walk at all to being able to pick up his mat and walk just to get in trouble by some Jewish leaders later. That's basically it. But the aspect is, he's displaying the healing that was done in his life. He's, exp- he's displaying to the world what Jesus just did for him. He's not just keeping it in. And so when Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk, he is showing the world that he was healed and that nothing else could have done that, that spontaneously. So what comes from the blessings you have received? What has come from it? Are you pulling souls to Christ using the blessings that God has given you? Or are you just using it for your own gain? See, whenever we receive a blessing from Christ, see, we accept it, then we pick up our mat and walk. In the aspect of we have the blessing, now we need to use it to glorify God. We need to use it to make sure the kingdom is being built. We need to use it to make sure that it is being used the right way. You see, we need to walk every day showing the blessings and the favor we receive from Christ. We must show it to the world. I think of it like this. Somebody comes up. They give you keys to a new car. And they say, go drive it around. Are you just going to keep it in the garage the whole time and never drive it? No, you're going to drive it around. It's exactly how it is with our blessing. Drive your car around. Let people see the goodness of God in it. Don't just keep it in the garage. Oh, you know, I don't want it to get rained on any day. So if it just happens to rain, we're going to leave it in the garage. You know, 0% chance of rain, but we're just going to leave it in the garage today. I'll walk to work. It's all right. No, use it. God's given it to you. So therefore, use it. So first one, we had accept it. Say accept it. Accept it. Number two, we had pick it up. Say pick it up. Pick it up. And finally, number three, turn from sin. So the most important part for me out of this whole thing was in verse 14 where he said, After this, Jesus found him in the temple complex and said to him, See you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. Jesus has just given him this miracle of healing him from his 38-year-long ailment. And he says two things. He tells him one thing before. Do you want to be healed? Then he heals him. Two things afterwards. One, pick up your mat and walk. And the second one later on in the temple, he tells him, do not sin anymore or something worse may happen. So, it's just... It's mind-boggling to me. Okay, who here has received a blessing from God, whether it's 
salvation, uh, just a monetary blessing, whatever it is. I know most people have. I have. I'll give that one to you. Um, so God's given us these blessings. And now the aspect of it is he's given us these blessings. He's saying, I've laid out these laws. Just go with them and everything's going to be all right. And yet, as imperfect humans, we don't know how to not sin. We're going to sin. That's, we're, we're flawed. We live in the world. That's how it is. We will sin. But the aspect of it, I've seen people that have sinned intentionally, like they know it's wrong and they still do it, but yet they just receive this amazing blessing from God. Like God's giving you all this, yet you're going to go in there and just basically disgrace him like this by sinning against him? Uh, we just had this amazing thing happen to us, and now our mindset should be to live every day in Christ's image. We need to live like Jesus did. That should be our goal. He should be our perfect model of a human. But a lot of times that doesn't happen. A lot of times we fall into the devil's trap of saying, oh, that's fine. It's just this one time. It's, it's all right. We're just going to, one time. It's, we're just going to do it once. I got a secret for you. It's never once. It keeps happening. Trust me. I know. So we get so caught up saying, oh, I'll change next time. Or I'll be ready for whenever it happens next time. Oh, I'll be good. I'm good. I'm going to be good this week. Oh, wait, next week. Um, I was good last week, though. But um, two weeks in a row? We get so caught up trying to basically play a victim role here with saying, Oh, you know, mm, I didn't lie yesterday. Intent I didn't intentionally lie yesterday. I may have lied once yesterday. You know, I lied about four times yesterday. But you know what? It's, hey, look, it's all right, though. You know, God got me. He, he still blessed me. But, you know, it, what? Uh, I may have stolen something from the grocery store as well. Oh, wait, no, this is not personal things. I did not do these, by the way. This is a little <laughs> FYI. But you would get in that mindset of, it's all right. It's, look, uh, I may have, you know, shanked a lady. That's not all right. I'll be honest, it's not. So we get so caught up saying, oh, I'll change next time or I won't do it again after that, after this, after this, whatever it is, whatever time it is, that we forget we shouldn't be doing it at all. Sin is sin, and all sin is wrong. Right. So let's look at Daniel chapter 9 real quick. I want to pull something from there that had a correlation for me. So I was reading this, and I was... Uh, basically trying to figure out some other scripture I can bring into it for one. And uh, I found Daniel chapter 9 verse 13. And it says, Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not appeased the Lord our God by turning from our iniquities and paying attention to your truth. So the Lord kept the disaster in mind and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all he has done but we have not obeyed him. So another version I read on this, it said, instead of iniquities in chapter 13, it said, by turning from our sin. So, you see, Daniel knew his people had messed up. And so this is Daniel's prayer. In this, and so he's basically praying. And so he knew they had done wrong. 
And so he was trying to pray for it. And the connection here is so strong, not because it says the exact same words, but because if you look at it like this, the Israelites did not turn, for them, turn from their sinful ways, so disaster was brought upon them. Jesus later tells the man, turn from your sinful ways or something worse may happen. Now, we don't know if the man turned from his sinful ways. All we know is he went and snitched out Jesus to the thinking? Jewish leaders right so, afterward. Basically, so, if we look at it, the connection is so strong because they tie together in both senses. They were told to turn from their sinful nature or something bad would happen, and they had been warned beforehand. They had been warned beforehand. So, the Israelites didn't, and you know what? Some may say the man didn't either. It's, it's up in the air. You can form your own conclusion. Conclusion. You can read the rest of John. It, I don't. I personally do not know. Pastor Ken may know. So, I heard everybody else say that whenever they're up here preaching. So I fear I throw that one in too. So, all right. So the Israelites did it, and they got. They had destruction fall upon them. The man he got healed. Jesus told him, "Don't don't sin no more, or something bad's going to happen." He went. It's Jesus. All right. So, I have a question for all you, and it is rhetorical, so don't answer. You have a miracle happen in your life, whether it's you haven't been able to get pregnant and you finally get pregnant. You have a blessing, a monetary blessing. You have a healing, favor, whatever it is, you have this miracle in your life. And God's just saying, hey, I've given this to you. Just don't sin. Don't, don't like, don't like, I know you're going to sin, but like, don't just like, uh, stab the lady. Like, don't intentionally do it. Why would you continue to sin after you've received this miracle? Why would you continue to sin after you've been healed? Why would you continue to sin after Jesus pulled you from where you were and granted you this blessing, this gift of salvation? Ever heard of that one? Why? You see, a blameless man sacrificed his life on a cross for me. He did it for each and every one of you. And I'm going to be honest, we didn't deserve it. We are unworthy people for what he did for us. Jesus came to this earth with one sole purpose of cleansing the slate for what we were going to do wrong way after he was here. And he's hanging on that cross and he sees each and every one of our faces. And yet the thing is, I always thought we were so unworthy. Humans are so unworthy. But you know what? God didn't see us as unworthy. God saw us as worthy enough to send his only son to die on a cross for us so that we can be with him in eternity. He sent his only son to die for me. Someone that was unworthy, but yet he looked at me and he said, you're worthy. You're worthy. Everyone in here is worthy enough that God did that. He did it for the unsaved that will come to know him, that haven't known him yet, but the ones that will come to church eventually. The ones that don't know him right now, but will And so I always thought we were unworthy, but the aspect of it, God never thought I was unworthy. God always said I was worthy for everything I've been given. 
I was worthy for every blessing he was going to give me. I was worthy for all the salvation and all the love and everything that he was surrounding with, surrounding me with. It's just, it was, it's just so immense how good our God is. That no matter what we do, he's still saying, I'm right here, you can always come back. I know, I know you messed up, but I'm right here. Just, just come back to me. Just, just come on back to me. I'm, I, I just want you back. And you know, it always got me thinking, it wasn't easy for Jesus either. Jesus, Jesus probably didn't want to go die on the cross. If God said, all right, here's two options. Preach to three million people or die on a cross. Pretty sure Jesus would have been like, okay, three million, here we come. But that's not the case. If we look at a Matthew 26, 39, um, it says, Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you. You see, Jesus is saying, if there's any other way, Lord, I'll take it. But if not, I will do the will of God. But what got me when I was reading this the other day, Jesus never said no. He never told God, I won't do that. No, I can't. I, Lord, no. He said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, but yours. He wanted the will of God to be done. That's the mentality we need to live. What can I do that will allow the will of God to be done? So, in closing, I want to encourage you all that when God's offering a blessing, whenever he's giving you an opportunity, whatever it is, first accept it. Be just, yes, God, yes, thank you, Lord. You give me so much, and yet I can never repay you, but Lord, thank you. Number two, Pick up your mat and walk. Show just how good your God is from the blessings I've given us. Show just how good he is. That he's never failing, he's never going to leave you. He's right there. And that you are a child of God and you are walking with him. Walk in the blessings he's given you. And lastly, turn from sin. Turn from sin. He's given you all these great things. All you have to do is just turn from sin. That's all he wants in return. He's giving you an endless eternity and life with him. All you have to do, turn from sin.